Welcome to our show. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Um, I am Valerie, aka Matt gets his PR rep. I'm just, I'm just tired and done, and I quit. Mm. I don't. My name is Derek, and I am the pole little Nas slid down from heaven to hell, greased, slippery, and hundreds of meters long. That's right. I'm here to serve. You know what I mean. <laughs> you live to serve. Here to serve. Both of our pronouns have since been updated to they them i said they them last time for me i'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. so Mm. i'm pretty sure you said sometimes they them too last time yeah we'll just update yeah we'll just reiterate that's right we're still introducing ourselves Mm -hmm. everyone's getting to know us non-binary fierceness (laughs) is what the category is tonight Mm -hmm. um (laughs) so (laughs) The first thing we want to give you tonight is a shout out, a community shout out. Uh, we want to shout out community Denver Community Fridges. They are the, keeping the community fed um, and keeping the communities looking good uh, with custom art pieces on said refrigerators. So uh, there are three locations in the Denver area that you can find these refrigerators. Um, and enjoy art as uh, you stock up on any uh, well-needed things. Or otherwise stock the fridge. Or otherwise, that's right. Um, So yeah, uh, visit their uh, Instagram page, Denver Community Fridge. They have a link tree with all of their info. Um, all of the places that you can find them um, around Denver and uh, in other uh, counties, because it looks like they serve a few. So mm-hmm. um, I think there's a few organizations doing it now. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love so it. if you're hungry or if you know somebody who is hungry and in need, check them out. Totally. Cheers to those people doing those work. My friend Zoya actually was just posting about painting a fridge themselves. Nice. Which I think is really beautiful. It's I like, love oh, cool. it. Cool, you know, we can all do things and help in various ways. So. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. So, uh, getting right into the swing of things here, uh, we bring you a segment called "Eat, Play, Loathe." Um, I'm sure if you're a classical musician, um, who is just not cis and white, you can relate, uh, to those words. Uh, so yeah, eat, preload today. Uh, today's topic is chicken soup for the, uh, BIPOC, uh, in chamber music soul. So, um, today we're going to talk about, uh, community in chamber music and just the, the nuances that one can experience um, in chamber music. I mean, just because shit's great and competitions are being won doesn't mean that um, 
things are functioning as they should behind the scenes but yeah i was about to say the amount of shit that goes down behind the scenes Mm -hmm. that then is prevented or presented prevented is presented in a beautiful gown on stage or metaphorical yeah or button up (laughs) is gussied up on stage that's right um really quite oftentimes insurmountable um you have you have some incredible stories from school i mean it could literally be like the jackson five you know what i'm saying like because we're <laughs> out here just hitting that high c and then like you know sitting into a splits or whatever but shit's just like real fucked up behind the scenes and like no one wants to practice but like here we are yeah um yeah, so I was in a chamber music group who uh, won a competition at school, uh, and part of like the prize was we got to present a full-length concert uh, at a concert hall, and we got paid for it. Uh, so that was pretty cool. I was like, fuck yeah, money or whatever, you know, um, less hours that I have to work at the Apple store. Which um, in and of itself, I feel like, why is that a prize? Like, why shouldn't that be? they be offering those opportunities to like – a lot more people. I get it. Yeah. Anyways, but it's I like digress. Also, you don't want like, yeah, like no shade, 100%. no shade to bass players that play in tune. But like, because I know there's a lot out there. But like, no shade. You don't want like some fucking like out of tune bass violin duo at a place that somebody paid twenty five dollars to fucking come see. You know I saying? wish there were so. just like five of those opportunities instead of one. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, you know, I also knew that I was only along um, on this ride because I was with somebody who was, like, prized by the school. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of, like, a almost guaranteed. <laughs> Win. Well, that, a yeah. few people in there were, like, the gold medalists. They didn't even have to play, and they'd be handed a gold medal yeah, kind yeah, of a so. situation. Like, the amount of feet kissing that... The teachers did of these students. It's not that the teachers are kissing the the professor's feet. I, it's really weird. It's a really weird thing when people decide who has opportunities and who who doesn't. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, dude, that shit was just like just 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 shit talking. Like nobody trusted each other. Um, you know, there is tension but we played the shit out of that clara schumann piano uh i remember that let me tell you what i remember i just got chills thinking about uh, it bitch let me tell you what like those mm, it's mm, so mm. annoying when like fucker ass people play such good music obviously i'm not referring to you i'm referring to almost everybody (laughs) else in the quintet quartet quintet it was a quintet that's what i thought it's so it's such beautiful music and i'm like I hate almost all of you. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> how you felt. <laughs> the intersection that I found myself <laughs> at. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I'm sure they did too. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I'm sure your presence made them uncomfortable. I, you know, everybody was. I was uncomfortable too. So, you know, tip for titty for tatty. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, again, we. We played this shit out of that fucking Clara Schumann uh, piano quintet. I'll tell you the fuck what. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, dude, you know, uh, communication, something that I feel like is essential in chamber music. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a fine line between 
only being able to communicate musical things and sometimes god bless people don't even fucking have that in chamber music and they're paying thousands of dollars to sit in a group that you you don't even talk about whether you're going to play loudly together or not sorry i want to just correct that um the their parents are paying thousands of dollars oh that's true not that i'm not one of them but i yeah i definitely played it i I borrowed a lot of schmeckles yeah. for for that. Same. So hey, please sponsor us. Ah! Um, who 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 should sponsor us? Um, NX Design. We play our instruments. Um, they're amazing. They're beautiful. Uh, any string companies, if you're willing to. God bless. Anyway. We need strings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what I think really worked with this. Um, group that I had is I couldn't really communicate (laughs) I mean like I said in my head I'm classifying these things as smart ass things but really it's just like calling people out for their bullshit and just like calling out their friends for bullshit Mm -hmm. that they were doing Mm -hmm. Um, I knew you know there was a fine line between you know what I could do with that shit which was like pretty I couldn't do a lot of that because you know they were gonna go tell their friends and then it was just gonna be more awkward than it needed to be in those tiny, tiny practice room halls. Um, but what we really did well is communicated w- what we wanted in the music. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, that is something that I'm thankful for being taught um, and experiencing with those very problematic people in that group. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, you know, I can say this definitively that I didn't have... Okay, there was one, like, semi-redeeming, but it wasn't a string chamber group. Um, I had one semi-redeeming chamber music experience in my whole four years. Otherwise, it was just navigating so much, like, interpersonal bullshit, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, is skill-building in and of itself, and I think that's kind of what what you're touching on is, like, you really learn, you know, you have to tread, like, or what is it called? Tread this fine, tread the line, tread the fine line. I don't know. English idioms really go over my head, even as if I'm not a native speaker or something. Yeah, I mean, I don't. That, it's a, it toe the those, fine, toe the line. I, I classify those as things white people say, so I don't really, I'm not really well versed. Um, yeah, you have to toe this line of criticizing somebody and they're playing specifically, which is like such a vulnerable part of them because theoretically they worked hours and hours and hours and hours to do this, mm-hmm. but you're still, you have to criticize that. So you have to say it in a kind of nice, but still direct enough way that they get what you're saying. But then also as the recipient of that information, you also have to like learn to not take so much shit personally. Yeah, like when you're forced to be in a group with a Christian person whom you know has no respect for the homosexuals, but you're forced to be in a group with them and make music and communicate what you want in the music. So I'm like immediately trying to brainstorm the num the the handful of people. The that number is. of folks that this could be that we both know. Yeah. Yes. Um, the, I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I don't care that you're gay. I'm like mm, you. Yeah. That's my experience. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So like, communication is important in so many parts of one's life, and I think 
being in classical music and then being you know an asterisk gay lgbtqia by poc uh whatever just like not cis and white and like like not cis and asian i know i know in the classical music yeah. world it's synonymous exactly I hate to say it. It, it really is like uh you know you are automatically taught different lessons about things mm-hmm. therefore you're your your the value of communication is is much higher and uh your experience um you're exposed to it at way earlier than other people have to be and the nuances there that you have to pick up and that you have to uh you know uh express are crazy so that's why i think it's fucking lazy sometimes when people well not sometimes i think it's lazy when people have poor communication skills or not lazy, I guess that's the wrong word, but that shit just really fucking irks me. Yeah, something, you know, in situations in my life that have been completely outside of a musical context, it's, for me, it's like, it's understanding that none of us have perfect communication skills and we're all constantly testing stuff out. But if you're unwilling to test, if you're unwilling to fail when you're getting to some sort of provocative communication like i.e you're criticizing someone's playing and it's not like it's constructive criticism you're not just hey you're really fucking flat on that chord it's like okay it's a minor chord the fifth needs to be really tight or something you know it's like or like you know this is the direction that the phrase is going yeah move this way let's move this way yeah you know with the first violin coming out mm-hmm. like a clear a clear idea of, of 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 shit like like that was fucking hard in my last chamber music group which was a goddamn mess a goddamn mess the last one of your music education of my music education yeah, yeah. oh that's um, right for so many reasons i paid uh, tens of thousands of dollars <laughs> to go through a fucking horror story so i'm in this fucking group <laughs> And then the fucking cellist has to drop out of schools for health reasons. And they decide to tell me before, like right before we go on stage to perform in front of class, you know, like do the whole chamber music class thing or whatever, get criticized and judged by assholes. (laughs) Um, So I'm just like, Jesus, motherfucking, I'm about to be stuck with fucking thing one and thing two. And like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. Like, literally, I'm stuck with some fucking white bitch from Montana and then some fucking bitch who, like, exoticizes herself, but she's really just a fucking day-walking, like, rat-hair-nested bitch. Um, So, the cellist is fucking gone. (laughs) There's so many tangents that I want to take, but I'm just letting you tell this story. (laughs) (laughs) So, the fucking cellist is gone and fucking winter hits and, you know, one of the people in my group decides to go fucking skiing for the first time and I don't I don't know anything about skiing. My black ass does not participate in winter sports. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry to fit that stereotype. I'm I will try to change it in one of the last winters I have in in, in Denver. But Let's I'm going to go do it fucking a, tubing. But I, I'm, no I'm, skiing, just tubing. We can get mad stones. All you have perfect. to do you sit on the tube and it hooks you so you don't have to walk up the hill. See, There's here's like the thing. this hook. I'm not trying to hurt myself, which is a foreshadow to the rest of this segment of the story because 
I'm watching all of this unfold on the fucking internet. I'm watching these stories. Literal Instagram like, stories. You know, first day of skiing without an instructor has gone great. Let's see how tomorrow goes. And I'm like, this bitch is going to fucking hurt herself, dude. So not even 24 fucking hours later on the story. Like, I'm pretty sure that that fucking slide I mentioned was still on the story when this other portion of the story published. In the fucking emergency room, broke her fucking hand. Yeah. So like, now I'm stuck with the <laughs> fucking white bitch from Montana playing hand, duets. The picture, the the like hand up, oopsie. Like, uh, and I don't regret anything. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I don't do regret because anything. I we're in a class together. I'm spending a fuck ton of money to be in, <laughs> uh, and now I'm playing fucking duets. <laughs> with, a, with a bitch who's fucking distraught because she didn't get the first job that she applied to. That's what I was dealing with. An emotionally distraught, white, privileged white woman from Montana who was very upset that she didn't get the first job that she applied to. And she wore Invisalign. And like, <laughs> not in a way where you're like, oh, good for you. Like, you're getting your teeth. Like, had perfectly fine teeth. And then got Invisalign and then would like project her anxiety about her Invisalign onto you. They weren't Aryan and pure enough. So she had to, you know what I'm saying, make the social sacrifice to have to take her teeth in and out. Um, in public, <laughs> I'm just imagining like a, a full ass set of dentures. Just the little, the little clicks, the little clicks in and out. Like, God, dude. Yeah. Ugh. Wow. My butt cheeks are just tight with tension. So anyway, I'm fucking stuck with this bitch who's like just depressed, like literally the end of her life. Like she's never going to work in show business ever again. Um, we're playing some fucking duets and it's just terrible. Nobody's fucking practicing. I'm not practicing. She's not practicing. Uh, you know, I don't know. This other bitch's fucking hand ends up healing. We played some fucking trio with a cellist. Uh, luckily, I got to play with a cellist, another uh, person of color. But I knew immediately. Is that um, shout out Angie? Yes. Okay. Shout out to God Angie. Bless God bless you. I knew immediately, though, uh, though the first few weeks were going to be honeymoon-like, it was eventually going to be the black girls against the white girls. Mm. And it, it essentially turned exactly into that, the black girls into, against the white girls. Um, so yeah, it was an all out, uh, fucking, uh, bad girls club of Lamont school of music in that fucking quartet. Uh, bitches were mean to each other. Everybody fucking hated each other. Uh, the music was fucking terrible. No one could count together. No one could play together. No one could cue. That was the big thing. The cues were so painful to watch on stage. And I just, I remember Hence watching the No you. one could start together. No one could stop together. Yeah. Like... I remember actually your performance and the one thing I could remember is I could just see I it was like it's like synthesia but just watching energy of like literal segregation on stage <laughs> like those people hate those girls and those girls are annoying as fuck and are See I feel like it was karma though because I definitely remember having the best time keying at oh, a separate yeah. group that was the drama group. And then, you know, then I find myself in the that, the, the other group. group that you were talking about. The one with the like gold medalists of the No school. girl. Okay, do you remember? I don't know, maybe you were like studying in Berlin or some shit, but there was a fucking drama group with um uh basically any group that this one violinist was in was always the drama group. And like you'd get on stage and you, they would get on stage and you can feel the tension in the audience that like all those bitches 
fucking hate each other. <laughs> and then and then it's like it's like okay, so the first violinist doesn't give a fuck. She's trying to cue, but the second violinist, which was the bitch that everybody fucking hated, mm-hmm. is out here literally like almost. It's like she's taking. Like, it's, it's almost like her whole part is a solo. <laughs> so she's like taking. What this laugh stage. is this? Like that's how <laughs> fucked up this story is. It's the like, cellist is damn. like, is like, what am I even doing? And then uh, the violist is just um, in also in La La Land. So you know, because I kikied so hard at that, I think is why I ended up, um, you know, boomeranging into that experience. Mm. So. so like obviously both were bad I don't know what I was gonna ask a question but I guess it's really not a question it's just like the first situation the first quartet where like the people are at least qualified I'm really air quoting qualified musicians so you can come together and you can just it's like gossip but it's I don't want to say harmless gossip but it's kind of harmless gossip but then but you can still get to the root of the communication needed to, to like, make the music. To make the music. Yeah. yeah. Like, go beyond yourself at some point. Well, I also forgot an important part of the story is that these two bitches were, like, these pick-me bitches, teach-me, teach-me bitches that wanted me to, like, talk about my experience as a black woman mm. in classical music. So I think that they got their feelings hurt a little too much, and then that's when communication broke down. Um, in that, I don't know. I don't know. I became the angry ass bitch in that trumped, um, playing together and playing the right rhythms together. Are you saying that you sharing your experience made them feel bad that they were sort of a part of? I think there was some self-reflection happening on their end that they didn't enjoy. Mm. And then um, I think I was pretty straightforward with them a little too much. Mm. Like, I don't think I don't think a lot of them have heard no before straight up to them Mm. a lot. Mm. Um, And I also don't think that they've ever been like called out to their faces. Of course not. Yeah. White women especially are so, and I think it's white people are so sensitive to confrontation. Yeah. I'm experiencing this myself because every time I need to confront something, which seems like every goddamn day these days, that I'm having to, like, you know, for a good story, yell at somebody every single day of, like... <laughs> But every time I have to confront something, I get so nervous. I'm like, oh, my God. And the thoughts that run through my head are like, oh, my God, this person might not like me. This, you know, blah, 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 blah. But it's just this. To me, it, like, all goes back to colonial. Like, not to be, like, that social justice worry, but, like, it all goes back to colonialism of, like, well, that wasn't my intention. Like, I'm not a bad person, I swear. But then, like, none of your actions indicate that you're not a bad person. Yeah. I think it's easier for someone like me who's black and queer, like, visibly black and Mm -hmm. visibly queer. Like, bitches already don't motherfucking like me, so what the fuck do I have to lose if I'm like, hey, I heard you said this shit, uh, can we talk about it? Mm-hmm. Oh, you didn't say that shit? Okay, so now you're gaslighting me? Okay. Do I want to have coffee with you? No, I don't. Mm. <laughs> like- <laughs> Thank you so much. 
absolutely mm-hmm. fucking not. Mm-hmm. No, I don't want to do I'm that. I'm so unflattered by your offer yeah, to have coffee like, with me. I'm. Mm-mm. You don't have to lie to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't have to do that. Yeah. Woo! Anyways, yeah. all that being said, Valerie and I are really good communicators with each other, especially. And in rehearsals, we can be so fussy, either like individually <laughs> or individually. And we just power through it. And we never take any shit personally. And that's right, dude. Somehow we still like each other. I mean, really, though, <laughs> because sometimes like, whew, when I'm tired and hungry, bitch, goddamn. Mm. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, without uh, further ado, here is um, an example of our beautiful communication through uh, viola and cello uh, through a few Bartok duos. Um, So there's three dances that we're going to play for you. And uh, these duos were originally written um, to be able to play, to be able to be played with any number of instruments. I didn't know that, actually. um, Yeah, so these duos can be played on piano. They can play with two violins, Mm -hmm. with a cello, a violin. There's like 42 of them or some crazy shit. Exactly. Um, And again, easily adaptable to many instruments. And Bartok made it this way because that's... Um, that's how this like Baltic music works. Like you're supposed to be out there playing with the community. Um, it's Wild. not really uh, a you sit down and listen and don't clap in between movements type mm. of music. Mm-hmm. So I um, actually remember when we first we started working on this just like a couple years ago. I almost want to say when we like were first figuring out what we wanted to play, mm-hmm. and I went through all these videos. I like Googled each dance and watched videos of the various people and wrote these stupid notes on our music, but. That's how we learn and grow and make beautiful music together is that we imagine big, thick leather belts and furry (laughs) hats and weighty men. Isn't that fucking gay? I love how gay shit is. You Mm. know what I'm saying? Like after the fact. Are you calling me gay? Hell yeah. I'm calling all the shit gay. All of us. (laughs) All the shit's gay. Yeah. Um, Anyway. Uh, Yeah. So here. Here she blows.
hope you enjoyed our rendition of our uh, of those bar talk duos. So now we're so good. <laughs> we are, isn't it? Like we're just so um, intentional in. You know the like precise. the 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 metaphor that comes to mind is like there's an episode of Oprah when she first started her own network. There's that like really what's his something Robbins. Some like motivational dude who like at oh the, the end giant of his, guy who's yeah, like the giant one he t- his head yeah. is fucking huge <laughs> like a Easter Island isn't it head? like Robin Robbins or some shit like that probably you should Google it while I'm, but yeah Easter like I imagine that like at the <laughs> that we basically like at the end of the episode I remember like Oprah has to walk over like molten hot coals or some shit. And everyone's like, you can do it! You can do it! And it's fucking Oprah, so, like, whatever. But I feel like that was music school for us, and we came out on the other side and played some Bartok for these people. I can definitely relate to that. Like, some permanent fucking, like, just, like, you know, third-degree burns on the soles (laughs) of your feet. Absolutely. For sure. There's, like ambulances on the sidelines just in case anything happens but like nothing's gonna happen because it's all mind over matter yeah and except like and except for like it's not the audience of um you know that you would find at a typical oprah show it's like literally two people it's like Derek and angie and then like ines like my lady (laughs) and then sometimes some phone calls from my mom and dad and like (laughs) they're the ones that are like bitch keep walking on those calls yeah right if you know what's good for you Mm brutal um so now we want to bring you to a segment we call um asmr so for those of you who have trouble sleeping at night um yeah you might just want to start getting ready for bed now um because we're gonna bring you uh me talking about my relationship with white women while i load and smoke out of a bong enjoy but then if you could wake up after this segment, that'd be great. Thank you. Um, yeah. And, and if you do fall asleep, just, you know, listen to the rest of this later. Then we'll get double plays. So Good blessed. call. So blessed. Welcome back. This is ASMR. This is my problematic relationship. When I was younger, 
Utah was so terrible that I left. Then I decided to date a white woman at work. Mistake number one. I shall.
Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed my journey of self-discovery and the road to recovery from my uh, strange addiction to white women. Can you imagine a whole episode of that show? I mean, I, I probably have enough stories for that. So. <laughs> I do learn so much about you doing this show. It's great. <laughs> Both in the hours that we put into doing it and also in the stories we get to tell. I feel like I've lived a thousand lives. Mm. <laughs> yeah. A bitch is tired sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, in the name of stable, unhealthy relationships, here is our rendition of Rihanna, uh, Rihanna's Consideration featuring SZA. Reflecting on some of my former lives as well, but I feel like none of mine are nearly as eventful or perhaps I'm just repressing a lot of I feel like you've sucked there. a lot of dicks in very interesting places, whereas I have not. I feel like that's exciting. Yeah, and my like, poetry is something I definitely, I keep those cars close to the chest for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, we definitely don't need a supercut on the places, faces... <laughs> 
I don't remember a lot of them. And dicks of Derek's life. We could have like a Lord of the Rings trilogy, extended director's cut, length, journey. Zack Snyder's fucking Justice League cut. (laughs) Precisely. Mm, that's okay Derek you're out here spreading love and that's mm-hmm. what the mm-hmm. world needs mm-hmm. um, something I I was having a conversation with somebody recently about it wasn't like it directly involving white guilt but it was like sorting through when that comes up kind of a thing mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into that but what I was what I the end of the conversation kind of got to this whole Basically, the way that I cognize it is it's not that I'm thinking about this every waking moment, but the way that I cognize it is instead of constantly focusing on the guilt that comes with being a white person, I focus on how can I spark joy in the people who deserve it most in my in the world around me. And spark joy generally, but like... I.e. the marginalized. I.e. the marginalized. I.e. everyone that's not a cishet white person. Um, But yeah, so it really allows me to sit in like a state of creativity, you know, and it allows me to... It like completely opens up the space of A, always being vulnerable, but B, just like thinking about... I don't like digging into my imagination and trying to manifest my imagination a lot. Yeah, and I think that's um, something that a lot of white people need to hear. Because people always ask the question, well, like, what can I do? I mean, I ask the question, people need to, there's so many people with different types of privileges, right? Like, I'm light skinned and easily digestible by white people. Mm hmm. Um, so how can I use that privilege for dark skinned people or trans women or, you know, people who are more marginalized than myself? Mm-hmm. And those are the important questions to ask, but it's also important to remember that, um, it can be something as small as like sparking joy and not something like, well, I don't have any money to give or I don't have time to go volunteer for that. Well, I don't know. Like. Draw a fucking picture for someone. I don't know. Like yeah. send a fucking card or totally. like send five dollars for someone's fucking latte. That yeah. sparks joy. Yeah. You know? Oh, I think you can live in those kinds of spaces when your life like you aren't it's not no pun intended, but like I'm very intentionally using the like white woman version of like leaning into your privilege. Mm-hmm. And instead of leaning into your privilege and like spreading the wealth that way you know like oh i'm the ceo of fucking amazon and i'm a woman you know it's like no actually if you live a life that doesn't involve amazon instead you know like you can i don't know just some kind of way where you're not actively wielding your privilege which involves being creative about your own living and involves being creative and imagining a world where you don't even I'm not saying to like ignore your privileges obviously Mm -hmm. but like wield them in a way that isn't entirely self-serving like 
like spread the privileged wealth if you get what i mean it's kind of interesting work but i don't know it's definitely like i think it for me i think it's a more joyful version of life and i agree and if you ask yourself you know how what ways to do this thing i feel like there's definitely a disconnect between just like just using your imagination at all because there's so many reasons not to you know what i mean you have all these fucking streaming services you can watch tv all day you can be on instagram and you know consume 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 Mm -hmm. and you don't really you know have to dream you know not daydream for yourself like i don't know you remember when i feel like when i was little i used to daydream all the fucking time and Mm. i don't know i've been trying to like do that a lot lately yeah i mean this this topic of like imagination i think is really interesting because for me when I go on Instagram or I'm like scrolling or watching a movie or something like this, it's really overwhelming for me when like someone has like under it's very overwhelming for me to understand imagination is like creating this whole new world, you know, like new creatures, new names, new this, the like blah, 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 blah. blah. And I think to me, I don't think imagination is like necessarily academic, but I kind of see it in that more academic way of just making these small changes and these small little notches. I don't know what... I think you're leaning towards like the reality is what you make it, right? So if you choose to think about a situation and only see the negative side. I, I'm like generalizing, you know, yeah. but only see the negative side of it. Then that becomes a negative situation rather than, mm-hmm. you know, an opportunity for this, that or the other. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The metaphor or like example, whatever that comes to mind is like the way that I see, like I view my own imagination is like, I'm not designing revolutionary clothing. I'm going to go to the thrift store and buy clothes that are unique and maybe I'll alter them, you yeah. know? So it's not that ground up. It's more trickle down. <laughs> and we all know how well that works. Oh, trickle down works so good. That's right. It's working so good for us. It's worked so well yeah. for uh, my family and my community. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it really interesting, though, that you see imagination as more of this. I don't know, like the person that comes to mind is Tierra Wack, who just has this amazing new world popping up all around her kind of a thing well yeah because i feel like sometimes i am boxed in i feel like i miss opportunities for new things if i don't exercise my my imagination Mm. new sounds new ways to solve problems fucking new dreams to have mm-hmm. so i like dreaming you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah you're I like, a gemini yeah. i don't like s- smoking for a certain amount of time before i go to bed so i can actually dream mm. it's like fun to do that shit yeah. but if you see the same shit over and over and over or you don't actually actively try to think of different ways to do things mm-hmm I don't know. I feel like I become stuck and I don't like that. Even when I was like dabbling in making um, shirts and clothing and stuff like that, I was thinking about, okay, well, what's a different way that I can print a design? Like what's a different space on the shirt that I can use Mm -hmm. rather than 
the same space that everybody's been using, mm-hmm. you know, and so it, 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 a lot of it comes to music for me, you know? Yeah. Um, I think imagination helps with creating something new. So. Of course, of course. Well, I mean, using your imagination in such a way helps you also just to cope with the bullshit that's always happening in the world and the bullshit of yeah. existing in late stage white cis heteropatriarchal capitalism. I love yeah. listing off that title. It's like the current <laughs> state of the world. Late stage cis heteropatriarchal like capitalism. I was like, what else is going to go? Like, how many words are we going to string together? I love it. Cis. Three snaps. Um, yes. Yeah, but imagination is a form of self-care is also what I'm getting at. It, 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 that's important as well because if you have no fucking imagination, girl, like what the fuck am I going to be thinking about all day that I got to pay mm-hmm. these motherfucking bills for the literal rest of my life? It's deep self-care, and, yeah. And even when I can't even, my body doesn't even work anymore, I got to still figure out a way to pay my bills, mm-hmm. like to just have that money saved up mm-hmm. so that I don't end up like, you know, shitting myself in the back room of a fucking care home that people aren't managing well mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i hate this place but yeah um my imagination makes me hate it less yeah yeah i do love this idea you bring up of like imagination as like deep self-care like fuck this you know having a rose quartz face roller i mean i'm not trying to shade like i know tons <laughs> i know people that have that who like it is a form of self-care And I think on some level it is, but also there has to be that nourishment of what you think is beautiful in the world. And beauty isn't just pink and purple flowers and rainbows and all this unicorn bullshit. Like beautiful is, can be anything that you are imagining. This is the buzzword. So we're going to return to it in this tone of voice. Imagine It's like that SpongeBob imagination it's the spongebob 100 percent. it just makes makes your life so much better getting rainbows and shit yeah 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 on that note of imagination uh this (laughs) long exhale (laughs) this is um my song called telfar bag and it's a song about um a reality in which I have enough capital to purchase every single color of Telfar bag available in every single size. Small, medium, large, and extra large. So There's an extra large. I, I don't think so. Just small, medium, and large. In your imagination in world. In my there imagination is. world, mm-hmm. there's even a double extra large. <laughs> there's a train to <laughs> Telfar. It actually unfolds um, and allows you to tie it between two trees, and it becomes a hammock. And it's solar powered. Exactly, it's vegan leather as well. So <laughs> enjoy.
black, white, tan, and yellow. Clean, black, white, tan, and imagination land and I hope that you support support Telfar Global so go secure your bag when possible and know that they sell out quickly and they don't care if you don't get on the train because they're in their bag and they're making theirs amen and that's why every time you see them they got a new pair of shoes so next, we have uh, our new segment, um, Hot Off the Pressed. So first thing I want to talk about, because I mean, like, we can't not talk about it, is Lil Nas X versus um, all of the Christians out there, girl. Mm-hmm. And um, Lil Nas X has you hoes pressed. Mm-hmm. And I... Talk am, about Hot Off the Pressed. I am fucking here for it. Mm-hmm. He said... Oh, I'm going to hell because I'm gay. Well, here's some art about it. And yeah. when I get to hell, I'm going to run the motherfucker. So Yeah, I'm going to ride the devil's dick down to Georgia. <laughs> I'm going to twerk on the nigga and hypnotize him with this ass. And then I'm going to take over the motherfucker. Like, And then Christians are just like, I can't believe that he would make something in which his homosexual self goes to hell. Like, I'm just so flabbergasted how dare he depict the devil how dare he depict exactly what we've been saying is going to happen to this group of people mm-hmm. um since the beginning of bigotry how dare he and so, then has the gall to make nike shoes 
with a single drop of human blood. That shit is fucking weird, and I would never wear that, but I am here for the pressed Christians. Yeah. Did you see the one? There was some internet video. Somebody took a video while they were in church and the priest was speaking about the shoes. He's, I forget what kind of Nike was it? It was like a max. Air max. He was like, but the specific model and everything like little Nas X is, you know, re in reinventing the Nike air max SX 70 and into this new fangled black and red leather with blood in the shoe and he, the He's but the way that he does it, it it's like it's an it's yeah. an a, it's like yeah. an advertisement yeah. the ignorance is astounding astounding it's just hip, hypocritical it's just he's saying you told me that i was a bad person so i've accepted that mm-hmm. and i've made it beautiful to mm-hmm. go back to the imagination we were talking about before. That's right. I used my imagination to imagine that it's a beautiful world down there. And then I rode a stripper pole down to where That's you right. are banishing me. Mm-hmm. And then everyone's like, uh-uh, you don't get to enjoy it down there. Exactly. It's like, what do you Shut want? The what fuck? the fuck do you want? What the? What do you want from us? Yeah. Shut the fuck when up. When will you be satisfied? Yeah, I do love... I think, like, the one thing on a very... I don't want to say serious note, but the one thing, like, the tweet that Lil Nas said was... Like, after it was, you know, y'all are saying, like, oh, I'm so glad that you're not that gay. You're, like, still pretty masked. And he's like, no, I am all the names. Like, I am a sissy, a faggot, like, all these names. Like, I am all of those things that you, quote, unquote, progressive. But, like, not, you know, like, the people that are like, oh, well, we're welcoming a a gay black man so long as he's masculine. He's like, no, I'm femme, I'm sissy, I'm a fucking faggot, all this shit. I thought that, you know, as much as I don't listen to pop music, that made me love him. I I don't fuck with these little Nas X songs, but I fucks with uh, his movement and his homosexual agenda. Mm -hmm. So keep it up. I love this black boy joy. I love all of the grills. I love mm-hmm. the appropriation, uh, the reappropriation of cowboy culture um, mm-hmm. and making it faggy. Mm-hmm. I live, I live, I live. Keep making these people upset. Black thank excellence. you. Yes, thank you. We thank bow you. our heads to you. We sure do, girl. Uh, yes. We kowtow fully. Kind of wrapping it back to our classical music notes from before. That's right. In um, classical music news, uh, the famous Met um, conductor, uh, is it James? James Levine? James Levine, yeah. Fat and ugly. His, and a rapist, uh, has finally kicked the bucket at 77. Um, and, of course, the trolls came from under their rocks. Uh, to defend <laughs> this fucking bridge troll. Mm-hmm. Um, a pretty well-known pedagogue and musician uh, in the classical music world, you know, was on Facebook because that's where we have all of our critical conversations, you know, defending this man, you know, basically asking people, like, do, what do you want to remember about this gentleman? Do you want to remember, like, the, all the bad shit or do you, do you want to remember all the good shit he did? which was like conduct 
white operas and you know sexually assault people i feel like the list there is pretty fucking small and just the audacity of these fucking out of touch people to come typing on their fucking windows 10 professional fucking (laughs) They 19, still have that like rolling green hill on the screen. 1999 fucking Dell desktop tower. Yeah. Like, we don't need your opinion on the internet. Yeah. Um, about a rapist. Yeah. Who 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 was awarded millions of dollars after being accused of sexually assaulting people just so he could go away. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting, you know. I'm in when we were talking about this before and as I'm looking at this New York Times article now announcing his death the first paragraph the second paragraph and like fourth paragraph mentioned this quote-unquote investigations of sexual impropriety with younger men stretching over decades Sexual impropriety. A precipitous fall from grace at the age of 74. This is a New York Times article, and I'm sorry, this is like a good at least 10-minute read of this man's achievements. At least 10-minute read. And this is the thing. It's like, you know, I think it's we're kind of at this day and age where we're crossing over. We're really toggling between cancel and accountability culture. I lean towards accountability culture. That's because cancel culture doesn't fucking exist. That's something that was invented by, by Fox News. Yeah, exactly. Like, what it is is accountability. Yeah. We're holding well, people accountable of the bullshit that they're fucking saying. Mm-hmm. And if that means that your pocketbook is getting dinged in the process, then that's, beep. that's Sorry, your you, fucking yeah. problem. Sorry you made money while you were also molesting and raping young exactly. men. Exactly. Because yeah. that's that's what can- cancel culture, I'm using air quotes, that's what it fucking equates to is that these niggas are fucking losing yeah. money from their pocketbooks. Mm-hmm. And they're upset about that mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. Otherwise they wouldn't give a shit about who the fuck is upset about them saying the ridiculous shit that they do. Yeah. And it's also funny, like cancel culture is this binary notion. It's like you're canceled or you're not canceled. And like any one little small thing turn like you know flips the switch on or off whereas and same thing Lil Nas X heaven or hell you know those are your two mm-hmm. options for the afterlife and this You're... nigga said hell and niggas are still mad mm-hmm. <laughs> still mad he said alright bitch I choose hell yeah and so like Fox right. News and like all these fucking white people white conservatives well just conservatives generally are obsessed with this binary notion it's like Okay, sure. Yes, James Levine conducted a lot of stuff. He probably had some nice musical ideas. <laughs> also, throughout the course, it's like it's not like it was like one time, you know. It's not something like Al Franken where I'm not excusing him for his actions, but it happened. He had like two people say things against him. It wasn't a span of his career. Yada yada. I don't, I don't know. I don't even remember the details. They were, like, way more trivial than someone like fucking Brad Kavanaugh, you know, straight up raped somebody. Or fucking Kevin Spacey, who also straight up raped somebody and was like, well, I did it because I'm gay and I didn't know how to tell everybody. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Don't fucking come out with that shit now. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah. Like, exactly. does that make you brave? No, bitch. Yeah, you get to, exactly. I think you get to build up your life another way. Yeah. That the whole thing is 
like reparations for the damage you caused yeah, dude. to I the just, world and that person especially living in such a conservative space like that and mm-hmm. contributing to spaces and places and people that would definitely frown upon fucking gay ass shit like mm-hmm. anal sex and dick sucking yeah so well and it's also really funny because you know james levine was definitely one of the biggest names in this huge at I don't want to say at the beginning of the Me Too movement, but um, like the classical music was absolutely part of the Me Too movement. And there were so many people, uh, of course, a vast majority, like old white men who are all sitting in these like department chair positions at various universities, mm-hmm. Juilliard and CIM and Michigan. I had a fucking chamber coach at a summer institute that I went to. He was a professor at... He was a professor at Michigan. He wasn't a main one, but he was like buddy-buddy, you know, probably licked the asshole of the man who ran the whole festival. And he was my chamber coach. And the whole time he gave me bad vibes, the whole time went in master classes with young, young Korean girls specifically, was all up in their business, touching them, telling, you know, had to touch their arm to put them where to put the bow, had to, you know, get, get up behind them, you know, like that dick needed to be near, you know, her you know, only six inches. But like, if there was a boy on stage, if there was a young man on stage, sitting in the chair, like I'm telling you that's stark of a difference. And I've I've seen that shit on so many levels. You know what I'm saying? Like people not even at the A list. Yeah, it's everybody. It's so... Like people at C list, B shits, like B list, they'll really take advantage of that shit. Mm -hmm. Because like they're gods in the eyes of these of of that small community Mm -hmm. like i've seen that shit i've seen people disappear at summer camps or whatever the fuck we're doing Mm -hmm. with other people exactly y'all that's a young ass bitch you should not be alone with her Mm mm-hmm a hundred percent. Should be this, alone with any of us niggas out here. What the fuck are you doing? This man that I was talking about, he who is my chamber coach, he like not a year and a half later was charged with child trafficking because he was taking a young student across the border from Michigan to wherever to like a log cabin, presumably to rape her. You know, Jesus like Christ, you just have to assume well, the you inevitable. So. The fucking professor at our school. Who we didn't even know what the fuck was going on with this guy. Disappears out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And then we get a fucking letter to the whole school saying, if you see this nigga, call the police. And I'm like, okay, well, shouldn't you tell me why the fuck I'm calling the police on this motherfucker, like, on site? First of all, I'm not calling the police on anybody. I'm going to leave that shit to the white people around. I'm not fucking calling the cops on anybody. I'm delegating that task. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, But anyway, you know, come to find out, this nigga's like a full on fucking internet pedophile. Just. But, you know, a fucking god amongst men at the school for his skills at trombone so, and chamber music and whatever. It was, like, fucking disgusting. Yeah. It was weird. Like, and he was so, so charming. Weird. He was the one that, like, in the elevator, even if he didn't know you, he said hello to you. He yeah. said he... Even if he didn't know your name, he was still asking about your life, all this kind of shit. Exactly. Like the FBI was investigating him. His face was on the goddamn news in a messy fucking mugshot. And all that the school did was... That man knows that his life is over in that fucking mugshot. Right. Like, oof. (laughs) The embarrassment. Bitch. And I don't know, just also the audacity of our school to be like, if you're worried about your safety, there's campus therapy and that was like the entire resource that they gave us or like come to the office and talk to us it's like 
you literally are doing nothing for our safety. I that know. was, and that was the year that we were all leaving. Like all of us were mm-hmm. so mentally ill. Like everything, yeah, we were all off of our fucking rockers. Imagine being in the trombone studio. You don't even know if you're going to ever have a teacher before you fucking literally pay tens <sighs> of thousands of dollars to yeah. leave the school. Yeah. So. Yeah. If we can just do our, do our due diligence to illuminate all the vast hoot nanny. Yeah, that dude. goes on in the classical music Fucking world and the nanny. red flags that whiteness is too pale to cover up. Don't be like me and ignore many red flags in the white women that you're dating. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Um, cool. The lesson from that segment is uh, look out for red flags. <laughs> and the, that's right. the point of our next segment, which is actually our last tune. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's a tune called Honesty by Pink Sweats. Uh, enjoy.
And now we're back. Thank you so much for Thank joining you. us. I don't know if that um, song is called Honesty or Honestly, but I just kind of call it whichever I want. Honestly T is what we have been calling it. Grandpa Derek always forgets the name of that song. <laughs> it's, it's honesty. What did you say? Honesty like the tea that you can buy from the 7-Eleven. Honest tea. Oh, look what you did there. Now it's clicking in Grandpa's brain. Pun intended. <laughs> I love that G. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for joining us for um, a second very late episode of the Red Delta Show. TBA, if we're going to change the name on that. Um, so yeah, uh, thanks for being in flux with us. Thanks for being patient with us. And yeah, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, um, email us at info at reddelta.com. Nice, throwing in that email. That's right. We're and, so official. And very professional. Um, so yeah, if you, this is anything, I don't know, fucking tell us a story. Tell us that I have a voice for the radio. Tell us that... Derek is beautiful. Um, that I have a face for radio. That he has a face for radio. Um, yeah, just email us. I don't know. Talk to us. We want to we wanna hear from you. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, Derek, do you have any last words before I Mm-mm. introduce our last tune? So. Be well, everybody. Be the world. Well. Spring, is, spring is really showing its latent bloom bullshit this season. So right. we're all navigating how to socialize with each other. So... Be assertive, but don't be a fucking cock. Yeah, please wear a mask. Uh, you still have to wear a mask in spring and summer. So mm-hmm. just, just letting you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for your auditory pleasure, here is a cover of Creep. Um, it is played by Derek and I on our electric instruments. So electric viola, electric cello um, with fe- uh, effects pedals attached to them. Um, and we do everything through loop pedals. So everything that you hear is uh, live looped by us. And um, it is only the two of us. So. And this is actually the tune that I meant about red flags. Yeah. Because if you're a creep, that's a red flag. That's yeah. the really intense analyzation that we did of what this meaning of the song is. Yeah. Fun fact, Radiohead refuses to play this. Yeah, they don't perform this song live anymore because, like, you know, it's for plebes. So, so we but, played it instead. But from what I understand, white people love this. So uh, enjoy 